comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan and with me is a man who two years ago decided to join this show. All the podcasting experts told me he's probably the 14th best co-host. You're never going to get him a, a, a better you need to get a better co-host is what I was told by all the podcasting experts. But this guy has that laminate on his wall right now <laughs> and he's proved him wrong. He's done two full MLS seasons. It's Logan Stump. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think ultimately it just comes down to the decision of laminating that. First of all, uh, all the haters that were like, this, this is going to get really bad. I mean, Jordan was here really. We were enjoying the show. They bring in this guy that doesn't even watch the league. How is he going to ever talk about, players and i proved him wrong man I, I did a lot of research my first year uh, learned a ton about each team and here i am today and, and the only reason i'm doing well is because i have that laminated sheet on my wall yeah yep you know what though still ultimately fell a little short right right yeah <laughs> D- didn't get to the podcasting cup but right. you know it's a good start good start for logan i'm no andrew weeby i understand that but <laughs> all right well we are here to talk about the MLS Cup, uh, we have our two teams that are in it. And, of course, it is the Philadelphia Union. And I say, of course, because uh, we I, – well, I did anyway. I picked them to win MLS Cup this year. Applause. Oh, we also got our MVP right, by the way. Both mm-hmm. of us agreed on this. So, Hani Mukhtar, congratulations. But we're going to talk MLS Cup. Uh, we're going to preview that. But before we do, the the news has just exploded this week, Logan. Mm-hmm. As we have one, one thing I want to say first. We are now an official uh, in the official month of the World Cup. So, 19 days away from the World Cup kicking off on the 20th of November. So uh, it, it's creeping up here. I still haven't been able to get FIFA yet, and they're already adding the World Cup stuff on uh, November 9th. So, uh, that you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, I guess. Uh, what we also had was Ben Olsen is hired as the Dynamo coach. 
And, uh, you know, there's some links to it, I think, right after we got off uh, here last week or whatever. It was pretty quick. And uh, it was him linked with somebody else uh, and somebody else linked. Um, but Ben Olsen hired uh, as the Dynamo head coach. It'll be interesting to see if he can be a little bit more consistent than he was at D.C. His record when he was there for 10 years was 134 wins. 87 draws and 153 losses. But we've also seen DC United without Ben Olsen. And they're just as big of a mess. So it'll be interesting to see, okay, is he able to kind of make the jump at Houston? But also, not to be unfair to Houston, they're a mess as well. So I I don't really know how this is going to shake out for Ben Olsen or for Houston. But uh, hopefully he gets another shot and hopefully he can prove it was issues at dc or something i mean dc has not been good yeah i mean i like the signing i think it it's experience at least um where houston really has been struggling to find any kind of consistency but like you said i mean i don't know i've read a lot about his career where it's just been a whole lot of ups and downs with dc had successful beginning playoffs missed the playoffs right open cup yep missed the playoffs make the playoffs Yeah. yeah up and down but it is, it'll be interesting to kind of see how he molds this team. I think they got some nice pieces. Like, I think they've got pieces that you can move forward with. But again, I with Houston, I mean, uh, it's a franchise that I think was used to success. And now that they're not having any success, it's kind of a shame just because they really are struggling to find any kind of form of consistency. Sebastian Ferreira played really well in his first year here, 13 goals. Uh, Darwin Quintero is a nice piece. Papa Pico um, has been really nice for them. Um, but again, I think there's still some progress needed to be made. And I think some of that includes signing some really good players, uh, maybe some DPs later on. But um, I think that right now, DC's just kind of in disarray. So I guess we'll see. Remember, Jordan, when we thought like all three of them were playing really well? I remember Houston being in the conversation, like the three Texas teams were actually playing pretty well to start the season. But it was quickly quickly after we had started talking about it, they were like, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> I, with this league, you know, who knows? They could be the next Austin, but mm-hmm. I doubt it. But I think Josh Wolf used to be an assistant to Ben Olsen as well. So I know he's an assistant to Burhalter, but I think he was also one for Bennett sometimes because there was rumors of him taking over for Ben, I thought, but I don't know. Now I have to fact check myself here. Yeah, he was an assistant 2012-2013 uh, for DC United before he moved over to the crew to be an assistant. So there you go. He's got... Uh, yeah, so maybe Ben Maybe Ben is the answer. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, well, that'll be part of our huge preview that we're going to have to do on Houston at, at some point here. Yeah. In like a month when the season starts in February. (laughs) Just don't even talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy how quick it is. It's like, oh, right after this, World Cup. And then, oh, right after that, we we got preseason probably starting. Uh, Messi to Miami. Now, this is something that's been coming around. Tom Bogert says that it is very real possibility. Um, And... uh, this would be a huge deal for Apple because what we got to remember with the Apple deal is it's mostly worldwide. 
So if you can get somebody like a Ronaldo or a Messi, uh, somebody that caliber uh, star name, not even playing well at this point for some of these players. But, you know, if you can just get a huge star like that into the league, you're going to have people from Argentina, people from other countries that are like, let me watch Messi, <laughs> you know, and they might try out watching uh, MLS and uh, they'd be easily accessible for them. I don't know what type of channels it was on in other countries before. Um, or if sometimes some of these markets, it's probably going to be the first time they're ever seeing MLS. So it'll, it'll be interesting. But I, my question for that would be, does he come over after the world cup and he start next season, which I think would be better for him. Um, or does he have to wait until the summer? Cause that might be a little tougher to get over here in the summer in the heat of Miami, uh, adjusting to a new league. If you can get him right after the World Cup, he can, you know, have a full off season and kind of gear up with the rest of the team. I mean, it'd be massive for Apple for the league, just because. I mean, like you said, I think the biggest thing, maybe not even his performance, because he is on the end of his career, but more about the just the name and the allure, the attraction of a player like that of that caliber who's probably going to go down as one of the best, if not the best in history, uh, as far as the game's concerned. To come over and have that jersey, Jordan, just sitting in your you know merchandise shop, to have him on TV wearing your brand, um, to have him at all-star games, which I think he would be in, um, to be an ambassador of the league. I think eventually he wants to own a team or be a part of an ownership group. And I know they mentioned Barcelona at one point, but also uh, a United States team. I think he has a temporary uh residence in Miami, uh, from what I remember. Um, so, I mean, everything about this just screams, you know, that, and I think he's got young kids who would also be interested in academies maybe um, around the Could league. Could you imagine? To be wild um, as this league grows and, you know, playing as a 14 or 15-year-old on a 16 or 18-year team or something crazy like that before the kid will eventually probably end up in Europe. But I don't know. There's, there's a lot to it, and I think – if he comes over, I think big names will soon be to follow. I, I know a lot of people are shouting for Ronaldo, and I think that chance is getting even more realistic as well, just with the way that he's kind of handled everything. I think MLS might be the only league that lets him come. Um, uh, I think La Liga would like him back, but I don't know. But it, it just seems like all these big names are really going to just start to get interested in what's going on over here. So it should be pretty fun. All right. Uh Let's kind of move into, I alluded to it with Apple TV and how that would affect or the messy signing would affect it. But there was a huge article released uh, late last week um, about the Apple TV deal from The Athletic, Paul Tenorio, Sam Stasekul, and Pablo Maurer were uh, all three co-wrote this. And we're just going to pluck out little little bits of it because uh, it, it's really good. So what I would also recommend is if you don't have an athletic subscription, signing up and reading this because it is uh, they're really three of the best writers that we have right now when it comes to uh, American soccer. So, OK, according to multiple sources, the league is deep into the process of selecting the talent. So this is huge because I keep seeing everybody say announce the announcers. I think people don't realize how much this actually takes. Uh, they had to do they already said they were doing like screen tests, kind of like 
calling old games, I guess, where they were doing chemistry matches and stuff like that. So they have been working on this. This isn't something they've just kicked down the line. Uh, they've been working on this. And they're expected to extend offers in the coming weeks. I would assume after MLS Cup, we might start getting some of these announcements. And you know, Logan, that's going to be very fun for this show because we're going to have like stuff to talk about every week <laughs> pretty yeah. much when it comes to... All right, how's this Apple deal looking? How What are they shaping up here? How the league has contracted the Creative Artists Agency agent and former Pac-12 Network executive Kristen Bredes uh, La Femina, uh, sorry, Mina, sorry. I've just butchered that so many times. <laughs> to handle the search, which involved in part interviewing every single English language play-by-play and color commentator employed by the league's clubs. So if you were worried about your uh, your local people not getting a shot, they have interviewed and talked to every single play-by-play and color commentator. So while it will be a little different because they're not going to be exclusively your clubs anymore, uh, these are people that are knowledgeable of those clubs. And if you if you have like a I don't know like a national broadcast, you know. Uh, and it's people from the crew calling a crew game, that's going to help massively, I think, for, for some of this stuff. Because you see it all the time in the NFL when you have, I don't know, some of the people that never uh, get Ravens games, get Ravens games, and they just spout off stuff that has, um, like they have no clue. Like they talk about like Lamar being injury prone when he missed – not that many games at all. Uh, it's been one, you know, one season, he missed like six games, but you know what I'm saying? Like you, you start getting these narratives that are just stuff that people spout out at times. So I think having people that are in the league, know your team, getting the chance to do national games, they're going to just learn that all the teams better, but they're also going to be able to communicate some of the things that maybe even national broadcasters on ESPN and um, Fox never talked about you know i always see people talk about how those national broadcasts are usually focusing on the bigger team in the matchup if you have uh seattle versus crew maybe they're talking seattle more right because they're the bigger name well if one of those crew people are calling that game just happens to that day that they're gonna have the better knowledge about that team and you're probably gonna get better balance it's good to know that they're doing chemistry reads as well uh but they have interviewed more than 200 candidates in the recent weeks. So this is pretty hefty. They aren't just BSing this, and that's that's good to know. And we can't say, oh, thank you, Apple, also. This is the league. The league is the one that's going to produce the mm-hmm. telecast. Apple is the one that's going to stream it. Did you see this part? That it's um, they've started interviewing heavy hitters out of La Liga who are – Spanish-speaking, um, Luis Omar Tapia and Diego Balado are Spanish-speaking broadcasters, um, both of whom have worked uh, with Univision with MLS before. Um, they're both Spanish-speaking. Yeah. Hercules Gomez uh, is somebody that they're – and then they even had uh, – Jordan, they interviewed and had screen testing for Diego Valeri stepped yes. in and was being interviewed, which is really cool. Like, uh, that's awesome that they're – but 200 names, man, it's, that's massive. And, and we're, Jordan and I are still – in the process of getting interviewed. So we can't really speak too much. on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's interesting about this too, is this line here, 
that they are interested in filling many of its Spanish language positions with talent that can also handle the English broadcast. This is huge because it's one kind of guess a money saving thing, right? But uh, you know, they'll be able to flip flop back and forth. Maybe one week they're doing a Spanish broadcast. The next week they're doing an English broadcast. Um, Also, there's going to have 12 English language broadcast teams and at least another dozen Spanish language teams is what they're having. And at least another three teams handling French for all Canadian teams are going to have French broadcasts. Um, And that they're going to have additional commentary teams on hand to handle the full slate of matches, which include 14 games a weekend, pretty much. Um, Also, the plan is something that people were worried about, Logan. People were worried about them calling games off a monitor, like sending JP Della Camara from Mm -hmm. Philly to LA to call a game that's in Philly. Didn't make any sense. But uh, the talent is going to travel to broadcast matches in person. That's the plan. So I assume that's what's going to happen if that's the plan. You might get your occasional game off the monitor, but I bet for the playoffs at least, every game should be in person. Uh, you shouldn't have this <laughs> Fox calling a what Cincy uh, Union, yeah, Union game, game on a on a monitor, right? Okay, uh, and they're also trying to bring on ESPN color commentator Taylor Twellman uh, to contribute. His eight-year contract with ESPN is due to expire at the year's end. And his duties at the network have um, expanded beyond soccer in recent years. You know, they've had him host sports. Get up. And uh, I think there's a couple of things too. But let's say he wants to focus on MLS and focus on soccer. If he gets this job, I bet it wouldn't just be calling matches. He might be able to lead a studio show. He mm-hmm. might be able to, if he's hosted, he's hosted sports center in the past. He can do the whip around show. He can host pre-game mm-hmm. he can host post-game stuff you know uh a studio show on on sundays or whatever after the you know or i don't know like monday mornings or whatever tons of opportunities there um that's me adding that in there not all that so they literally just said 12 minutes being talked to because his contract runs out but i'm just speculating on what kind of things we can what kind of things we can see um Portuguese commentary option in 2025 and beyond yep. uh, you have, Oh, this was one that was, people were very interested in. So those people that are likely to lose like a studio local job, maybe uh, if they're on radio, they can also switch to radio and you can actually turn the commentary, which is kind of cool. I think you can do it with MLB as well, um, but you can turn off the TV commentary and you can actually just uh, turn on. It's going to just be home games for now, like home uh, radio broadcast. So you know, say you're listening to the union, uh, you could have the union's radio guys on instead of TV. Um, so the, the broadcast. So I think the way that it's going to work, right, from what I was reading, Jordan, it's kind of like what we have with the Premier League, where you have tiers of announcers doing different games. It's ultimately what the plan is. <clears throat> so, like, you've got, like, you know, the Arlo White and who was it that Lee Dixon, I think, was with him. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they actually have it is that these would available be available to mix match. Like, so it wouldn't be okay. like the NFL where you have like um, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, right. and then you have Ian Eagle and whoever he's paired with, right. and then 
Gumble and whoever Spiro he's Deeds. paired with, you'd be able to. It might be like Tony Romo is now paired with Iron Eagle this week. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like it's going to be. You're able to mix it up. Uh, is I think their plan. So that's good. I, I'd much rather that instead of you're always going to be paired with this one announcer mm-hmm. um, because we've seen that in the NFL before and other leagues where you're like, I like that person in that duo, but I don't like this person in a duo. Well, guess what? That's going to rotate and you're yeah. going to be able to get, you know, different um, people each time. Now a typical Wednesday night window could see six of 14 total matches placed in front of the paywall and available for free. A normal weekend could play out as one Saturday afternoon match for free on Apple TV and also simulcast on linear TV. Four out of 12 of the Saturday night matches available in front of the paywall. And then one Sunday afternoon match available for free and simulcast on linear TV. So essentially this league document that they got a hand on said that out of 493 regular season games, 210 of them are most likely going to be available for free. That's 40% of the yearly total. Um, The number of free games in 2023, they said, are going to be significantly higher than any point in league history. The point being is all you need to watch it is sign up for an Apple account. I got to explain this again because people get always confused about this. It's not that you need Apple TV Plus and the MLS subscription. You just need the MLS subscription. Now, the MLS subscription is going to be through Apple TV. That is separate from Apple TV Plus. So Apple TV Plus is how you watch Severance. It's how you watch uh, Ted Lasso. But Apple TV is where even your iTunes purchases show up. It's where that stuff shows up. And you can even use it to watch other stuff that you have linked to it um like espn you can link your espn account to apple tv all that stuff so all you will need is like your roku download the apple tv app and have wi-fi and you can watch 40 percent of the mls season for free no cable no subscription if you're a season ticket holder you get the whole the whole deal something that's interesting about this too is that Apple is the one that's going to be coming up with the name and the amount for uh, the streaming service and uh, that the, the branding around it. The cost has not been determined yet. And then they say that, you know, 2017 MLS Live was $79.99. That included blackouts, and the league had 22 teams instead of 29 teams. I saw some people speculating 200 bucks a year. No way. There's no way it's going to be that expensive. No, the, the uh, NBA is not even that expensive. What the right. hell I say a, 100 a year, which is what? Uh, here's what it'll probably be. 10 bucks a month for 120 a year, or if you buy the annual, probably 100 bucks. That's what I would assume. That way you're like, oh, I saved 20 bucks. But what they also said, if that number scares you, <laughs> that uh, the Apple is going to uh, likely offer deeply discounted sub- subscriptions and promotions in order to maximize early subscribership. 
and that they're also going to lean heavily on various platforms to market the MLS streaming service. So if you were worried about nobody knowing about this thing, fear not. Apple is going to push hard for you to know. Every club uniform is also going to have an Apple-related logo on one sleeve, either the Apple TV logo, the Apple itself, or the logo for the MLS streaming package. Um, let's see. Uh, and then also they will be able to restrict brands and sponsorships that can display within the field of play. So, um, no Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably what they're meaning. Yeah. So we'll see, I guess. Uh, no but Disney also Plus. I wanted to say, this is, this is something I really like, by the way, is, um, the athletic made these like great pictures. Uh-huh. Um, of like what it could look like. So they have like, you know, from 7.30 to 12.30, the MLS whip around show. Um, pre-game, you know, at 7 o'clock. And then the six matches from 7.30 to 9.30. Then three matches going from 8.30 to 10.30. One match going from 9.30 to 11.30. Two matches going from 10.30 to 12.30. And then a post game show at twelve thirty, like that sounds great. And there would also be pre and post for every single one of those games. But if you're watching the whip around show, you're able to just deal with the whip around show, which is like red zone. Weekly schedule. It looks like it'd be like um seven to eight Wednesday windows per season. So I'm guessing that means maybe only seven to eight weeks of Wednesday games and then everything else being Saturday with possibility of one game on Sunday also being on linear TV. And if you own the streaming service, you're not blacked out. You can watch those, (laughs) those um, linear games as well. Uh, the league would also like MLS Cup Final to air concurrently on a linear network and in front of a paywall on Apple TV until at least 2026. So if you're worried about some of the biggest games being locked behind a paywall, MLS Cup, you'd still be able to watch on Apple TV for free or on linear TV and both uh, until 2026. And this is the part I really like here. Multiple club sources confirmed this week that the league intends to give each of its 30 clubs a channel on Apple TV where teams can broadcast their own self-produced content. And it does not prohibit clubs from creating agreements with local linear networks to broadcast ancillary content. So they might be able to create a coaches show or a weekly recap show and put it on the channel, but they might also be able to put it on like ABC you know, channel seven in Philadelphia or whatever, you know, like they might be able to just whoever wants to buy those type of local shows, coaches shows, stuff like that. Um, Also, they're going to have on the field products like iPads for each of the clubs. The referees are going to have Apple watches, stuff like that. That's going to VAR is probably going to be with Apple. It says so um, that's what that's what they're expecting. So before we move on from this, uh, what are your thoughts overall, Logan? Does this make you feel any better about the Apple deal? And uh, yeah, just give me your thoughts on this. You're on mute. 
So as I was saying um, to the chairs in behind me, um, <laughs> no, but I, what I was saying was just the fact that um, I, I think we were both optimistic about it to start with. Like, I think we were like, if this is, if, if they do what they need to do and have had the plan all along, this could be great. But then you and I also said we were pessimistic in the fact that sometimes with MLS, it seems like they just throw things out there and go, Oh crap, that didn't work. Um, but from the looks of this article, man, I, this is, I think this is exciting. Uh, again, I think they're going to get great on-air quality content um, and announcers, which is going to be fantastic. I think, uh, I think it, uh, initially it's going to be just your standard uh, HD, but I think is supposed to uh, supposedly move into that uh, more cameras, 4K. I think you're going to be able to get to a, 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 an instance where I think you're just going to be able to watch the sights and the sounds of the game, which is a lot. A lot of streaming services are heading towards with sports, where you don't listen to commentary sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean everything that's involved in this deal. I think with the branding, with the name Apple behind it, it's a 2.5 billion dollar partnership. Money's going to be spent, and I think it's going to be spent wisely. Apple wants to put together a product. This is their real first like true swing, I think, Jordan, at hosting a sports league. Um, I, I don't think any other league has kind of mastered this idea with with Apple in mind, and I, and mm-hmm. everything that Apple has produced, I enjoy. I mean, I think that everything that Apple does is high quality. I don't think they let their standards slip. I think that you know this is going to be a well produced, well oiled machine. It'll have some kinks in it, obviously, but I think I think pricing is going to be relatively good, um, just because I think Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, is not bad. Their pricing yeah, for bucks. music isn't bad. So I think that this is going to be affordable for folks. I think 60 to 80 bucks is where I'm guessing. Um, I, I think that it's going to be, I don't know. I think it's going to be one of the best streaming services as far as sports are concerned. I think it's going to be called MLS Plus. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy um, just because everybody goes with Plus anymore. Um, but like you said, Jordan, I'm really interested to see what teams do with this. Like, I think this will open jobs for, you know, some of these jobs that we miss. Maybe it opens up the doors to, um, some other jobs that I think the other people didn't really consider thinking about, you know, these networks that these each team's going to have like a little network on there uh, that they can post their content. Otherwise, you have to go to like YouTube or like TikTok and try to find it. So I think this is a good a good little step. And I think as time goes on, I think more is going to come out about what all it'll include. But I think everything's looking great so far. Um, I think ESPN's kind of gone to crap as far as sports content's concerned. So. I think that Apple can kind of overtake ESPN where all of MLS stuff is housed currently um, if it's not on national television. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's really exciting. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get to the next article here and then we can actually talk uh, the actual soccer games. But um, there was also an article that came out uh, after we recorded about a new playoff format uh, is being kicked around by the league. Um, this was also by the athletic Sam Stasekel and Pablo Maurer. Uh, the format will have to change in order to accommodate 30 postseason contests. This is how one of the lines in their article is. So what they're trying to say is that with, they want to have 30 games instead of 13. So they said, well, to get that, we obviously got to um, revamp around what you put all 30 teams in the, <laughs> in the playoffs i guess i don't know but uh one of the possible outcomes so let's take this with a grain of salt just one of the possible outcomes is a world cup style playoff tournament the specifics of what 
that potential tournament would look like weren't entirely known by the sources. But one hypothesized that a format could look something like this. So even this, the person passing this on says, I don't know what it would actually look like, but here's my idea of what it would look like. Two, the, the sorry, the top eight teams from each conference would qualify. Those teams would be split into four groups of four teams each, and the groups would be segregated by conference. Western conference would only be grouped with Western teams. Eastern only grouped with Eastern. As in the case of the World Cup, each team would play three group stage matches, one against each of the three group teams in the group. Uh, the two top seeds in each group would host two group stage games. The bottom two seeds would host one group stage game. The top two teams from each uh, group would advance to an eight-team single-limb knockout stage. Like the group stage, the knockout stage would also be divided by conference. Higher seeds would host the knockout uh, knockout stage matches with the Western Conference champ advancing to MLS Cup and Eastern Conference champ heading to MLS Cup. So they're saying that, hey, with this, we'll be able to make narratives because right now the we blink and the postseason's over, but I mean, whatever. I mean, it's one game. You know what you could do? Instead of having games on Wednesday and Thursday and Saturday, just have them all on the weekends. You can extend it a whole nother week. But um, they're saying that they'd be able to play group stage matches every night for two weeks. Let's talk about it. I don't like this. And the reason I don't like it is because I feel like group stage matches for two weeks every day is too long. It'd be hell to produce on this show when we have to cover it. But also, it's just, I don't want to wait two weeks into the playoffs to even get them going. Like, at that point, you're still not even going. The the last week might even be pointless because what you'd end up with is teams that are already knocked out playing their last group stage game and it meaning nothing uh, for both teams. There's there's got to be a better way to do it. And I think it's just keep it as it is. Maybe spread out the game so you're not playing. Like what? We had one of the round of the playoffs. The Union were on Wednesday and Thursday or whatever. Thursday, LAFC Union played that day. The rest of the games were on Saturday. I don't know. Just spread them out or like just do games every weekend instead of... um trying to do some on the midweek. I don't understand why that was a thing anyway. So you might have meaningless playoff games, which would suck. It'd be almost as bad as when they used to do two leg um, games because you'd sometimes have a team win three, nothing. And then the game is meaningless going to the next game. Yeah. And you know, you also have then teams playing like KG and you're going to have that in the group stages as well. If it's a team that barely made it in and they have to go up against the number one seed and they have to go up against them away from home. And now they have to get a point. It's not just like, Oh, we have to play and win this game to move on to the next round. It's, Oh, we can hang on for a point and then we can beat the teams that we think we can beat. It's not going to be good soccer. And this week, the past few weeks in this setup have been so good at delivering good playoff games, which we'll get to. There's just no reason for this to be done except for more money. 
Um, You know, they're saying maybe this is part of the Apple deal of them wanting to give them more inventory. But I don't know. I'm not for it. We have the League's Cup that is a World Cup style tournament. We don't need to then have another World Cup style tournament in the uh, in the fall when it comes to the playoffs. Jordan, you know what I hate? I hate conferences. I wish they would just get rid of conferences. I really do wish that they would have just the top two teams, whether it's Toronto and Montreal, L.A. and L.A., New York and New York. Sorry, <laughs> does that sound too familiar? Gosh, yes. I hate it. But anyway, no, I'm totally joking. If you haven't seen the clip, I think it was ESPN's uh, like main yeah. soccer show that I was plucking that off of. Um, where the guy was simply just it was arguing. Herc Gomez. It was Hercules. Was it Herc? Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I didn't want to get it wrong, but um, it's just garbage. I'm sorry, Herc. But um, anyway, uh, I think I think you're right. This is this seems like one of those things where they're just trying to reach for something that would be cool with the kids. And I'm not sure it's going to be cool with the kids because the kids are our age. Um, I think with playoffs for tonight, what's what's wrong with the one through eight seeding? Like. Don't give anybody a buy. I hate buys anyway. I think buy weeks give the number one seeds uh, this ability to go. Oh well, we had a buy, so that's why we well, didn't have to keep this year. the buy. No, don't keep, keep the buy. Keep the buy, and just tune out anybody that complains <laughs> about it because I'm sick of it. <laughs> if you ask any person, would you want more rest before your game so you can get Bedoya healthy? Yeah. Everybody would have said yeah. yeah. And if we would have lost, then people would have been like, well. We didn't have that buy. Right. <laughs> we saw it with baseball this year where people were complaining. It's just, it's pointless. And what I also saw people complaining about, and this was part of Herc's rant, was popping champagne for beating, getting, you know, beat, winning the conference final. Maybe it's the American in me that grew up watching baseball and saw these celebrations every single round. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. No. If you win the wild card, they line the things for champagne. Mm-hmm. If you win the NLDS, they line the papers, you know, the so you can pop the champagne. If you win the NLCS, they line the, every single round in MLB playoffs. And I don't know how the NFL does it, actually. They don't really show a lot of locker room celebrations in the NFL, so I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But definitely in baseball, you'll see them like, before the game's clinched, they're like, they're starting to put up the yeah. plastic. And uh, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with people celebrating them getting to a final. Um, I don't have a problem with that. But may- again, maybe it's just because I watched baseball my whole life and that's what they did that I was like, this is normal. I can't imagine like winning a big game and being like, Belichick is like, I'll talk to the next one. Like, I don't <laughs> know if I could do that, you know, because it's, right. it's fun. I had fun as a fan watching this, but yeah, I think there would be a lot less on the line than they think there would be with these, with the world cup style playoff. I don't know. I just, I don't like it, but personally, like I, I think there's a better way. There is, there's going to be needing an adjustment as you get the league to be bigger. I just don't know what that looks like. Yeah. Don Garber. You can't keep getting away with this! He can't keep getting away with it! He won't. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with it is 
and it seems like most of MLS Twitter is on the same side here. Leave it alone. It's fine as it is. Uh, okay, so let's talk those games that just happened. We had I had a little bit more faith in Austin. Uh, I was really wanting that Union <laughs> game uh, hosting the final, uh, but Austin, uh, I from what I heard, Logan, they're still they still haven't arrived. They still haven't showed up. <laughs> oh my gosh it was uh, brutal it was, it was brutal. brutal watching that game it was stuver is the only thing that kept them even close for the first half yeah i, I mean i like it, it looked like I, it really did it looked like they were like all right we got to this point and we're happy with that and then they that was it it was like after this anything could happen and, and we did what we needed to do this season because i mean even jerusi he looked like he might have been. Sorry, I'm getting my charger. Thanks. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think with Jerusi, even he looked taken out of the game. And maybe that's what LAFC needed to do. I mean, ultimately, it looked like that's what they came in with a game plan of taking him out of the game, keeping that midfield clean of just anybody trying to connect with Jerusi. And that was it. I mean, there were times where he's doubled, there was times where he couldn't really create anything. Um, I think at one point, they, they started to just kind of rely heavily on uh, Fagundes, and it, it just. Diego's great, but not in a role like that. So I, I think that there was a lot of issues and concerns there. And then LAFC just absolutely pounded them in with their talent. Um, and being at home, Jordan, when you go down a goal um, and you give up an own goal uh, the way that they did with Austin, it just seemed like the the cards were aligned uh, to let LAFC kind of climb in. And really, I mean, just pounded the crap out of Austin. Um, so little brother, big brother kind of moment. And I think Austin learns from it. And I think realistically i think austin have a much better um future when you look through it because i think lafc is going to lose a couple pieces and i think as they age lafc is not quite as dangerous now that being said they can add whoever they want with the money they have yeah i was gonna say i go the opposite i you know i don't know i was listening to extra time and really like doyle had me so down on austin really to the point like for their future um they they don't have a lot of open spots when you look at DPs and stuff. And it, the rumor is Pochettino is going to have to come back over here and then they're probably going to have to get rid of him again. Um, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think you think Vela... probably not going to be as good next year. It's really tough to do yeah. that two years in a row. And uh, I don't know, but if they get something like a, you know, they were speculating on this and um i've seen austin fans ask for it as well joseph martinez is leaving atlanta can they bring him on and have a talisman up front that can score the goal other than jerusi and really make this team instantly more competitive yeah they probably could they could also go out there's a lot of good free agents out this year um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it all shakes out, but, um, you, you would want, if you're an Austin fan, you would like to think, okay, we're going to get there again next year and we're going to get our revenge. But, um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the LAFC added Gareth Bale and Cellini and that they, uh, both barely played at certain times that now it's like, Okay. We can lose them and we can bring in different players or whatever, you know, like 
they'll figure it out. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, definitely what LAFC did is make themselves a top destination again after a really bad season last year. And they have a coach that led them to a, an MLS Cup final. Let's not forget the furthest they've ever been in their young history. And it doesn't come from Bob Bradley. It comes from first-time head coach in MLS, Steve Trundle. Right. And, uh, yes, he has tons of experience overseas and, you know, USL and stuff. But just interesting. Remember before the season started that there was people in L.A. like, oh, we had to get the Las Vegas Lights guy who didn't have a good record last year. And now here we are where he's led them to MLS Cup and uh, see if they can win it. They have the chance. They're hosting. Yeah. Um, They might have a huge traffic jam. Too bad it's not El Trafico. (laughs) But. Traffico is not the one you want. Yeah, it's going to be real out Traffico. Apparently, due to a college football game, stupid. there's no parking so around ba- uh, Bank of California Stadium. So you have to like park at Dodger Stadium and get a. Yes, in an Uber uh, rideshare. Uber rideshare, or like they're going to be doing buses. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the Metro. So. It's ridiculous. I. Uh, ugh. It's just so MLS. I don't like that part. It of is, it. yeah. It feels so MLS, like really bad. You're planning. like, oh, they even get a stadium in downtown, and they yeah. still have this problem. But right. I guess that's part of it. That's part of the issue. Yeah, they'll probably block off the roads or something. They can't get ride shares in or something stupid. But <laughs> they have like to half the people and LA people have a hard time showing up on time anyway. So yeah, <laughs> they're just there for the show. But it will be a show, Jordan. I think as exciting as it would have been to have it in in Philly. I mean, just the star power that's probably going to be there. Um, I'm interested to kind of see. Yeah, are we going to get Owen Wilson there again? Right. He led uh, he let out the uh, wow. uh, hawk. Wow. Or... Yeah, wow. Uh, unless if he's filming uh, Loki at this time. But anyway, the other game was the better game because LAFC just knocked it out of the park against Austin. Brad Stuver stood and said, penalty, the penalty that was not called. I thought it was a foul. The only reason I can think they didn't call it is because he was going away from goal. He was going like kind of almost out of the box. Mm-hmm. But that could have changed everything. Two nothing down. You score the penalty. Two one. You're feeling yourself maybe, but I still think LAFC wins anyway. But I saw a lot of Austin fans upset about that. This is going to be the first time LA has hosted a final since 2011, which when it, it was still a neutral final then, but Galaxy still got into it. Um, so that there you go. And then uh, the Union host NYCFC in a rematch of the Eastern Conference final from last year. And NYCFC scored first. And I'll tell you, I saw this coming. When Morales is like shifting the ball to his left foot, I was like, oh no, here it goes. And it went right in. And I was pissed. My wife started saying I sounded like a friend of ours. But I was like, you know, we got to win this game. If they don't win this game, all of the excuses from last year are not valid. You know, we've been saying, and I mean, we like Union Twitter, right? Since they lost to NYCFC have been saying, well, they were down a lot of um, a, a lot of players due to COVID, right? Oh, they missed a lot of their players due to COVID. And when it was one nothing, 60 a minute in, 
I'm like, we got to win or else we look dumb. We look dumb saying that for a whole year, getting our chance at revenge and having it slip through your fingers. And uh, then Jim Curtin makes a sub, puts in Corey Burke. And I say to my wife and I text you, said, I don't like it. I don't like it. You brought in Ura to have him be your main man and you're taking him out when you need a goal. I don't like it, (laughs) but it was the right move. You know, that's why I'm not the coach, obviously, but (laughs) Jim Curtin knows what he's doing and these players love him. They celebrate, they go celebrate with him every goal. Um, Corey Burke is going to score, but they're also going to get before that (laughs) two quick goals in two minutes. Mm -hmm. One of them, the first one coming off of a, free kick when they're subbing in uh keaton parks onto the field and before keaton can even get to where he's supposed to be on the field glesnus takes the takes the free kick because carranza starts making a run it finds carranza and he's going to score his first goal since august and that is why we trigger that option on carranza's contract and sign him full-time so thank god that one of the strikers we brought in scored a goal because that is what they needed, right? Tied it up and I'm losing my mind. And then before I can even really get my mind back in place, another goal goes in and it's Gazdag this time. The MVP candidate, Daniel Gazdag, is going to go ahead and score. And then Corey Burke is going to score and make it three to one all very quickly. And it pretty much puts the dagger in NYCFC who this time was missing two players um, two though, not like 12, like the union had. And now Logan, this is the first time since tw- uh, 2003 that both one seeds reached a final. The last time it was Chicago and San Jose and a certain person was in the back line of that match. Jim Curtin, as Joe Tanzi points out on Twitter, Jim Curtin, was the starting center back in that MLS Cup final the last time two one seeds faced off against each other. And the funniest thing is it's two teams that are not even relevant really right now, Chicago Fire and San Jose Quakes um, nowadays. But, yeah, so what do you think of the Union game? That I'll say the fans were amazing. It was loud. It was packed. It, it sounded great from my TV. I wish I could have been there. I would say the first half was um, very boring, but playoff football. Like you could tell what was going on. I was going to say it wasn't boring for me. I was on the edge of my seat. No, I I can't imagine as a fan it would be. But as a neutral watching the game, I think it was more of like, you can tell these are two playoff tested teams. These are two teams that are clearly two of the top teams in our league. And they were just battling. I mean, it was like a grind. Uh, I think the union actually probably struggled a bit uh, here and there where I thought maybe NYCFC was going to finally get a goal in the first half. And I was like, okay, well, if NYCFC gets a goal in this first half, it's over. But then second half starts, they get one and it's like, oh boy. Um, And I had the same feeling when that ball uh, was moving uh, across the midfield down the side and then into the middle. And they just had, they had the union so spread out. Like there was nothing in between uh, where Maxi Morales ends up getting the ball and where Andre Blake was standing. And but there was just one defender, and it was clearly not going to be enough because they had, I think, two or three attacking players right beside Maxi, where it was just it was constant pressure on that back line. I think it was Glesnus who ended up there. Maybe it was Jack Elliott. But they were, somebody was standing there, and it kind of, if you look back behind it, the reason why Andre Blake doesn't quite get to it, I think, is because he couldn't quite see 
where Maxi had it. Like he had it in a moment and then he tucked it nicely into the bottom corner. It just rolled past Blake, um, who almost got to it. I was shocked by how close he got to it. Um, but once that happened, I was like, man, this isn't good. But after that, I mean, even with that goal, Jordan, as soon as that happened with Keaton Parks, which was wild, I mean, that's huge. That's a huge play by Klesnitz to figure out that to resume play when Keaton Parks, because it was weird. If you go back to watch the highlight, I went back to watch the clip. When Keaton's going in, you can tell who you can tell he's still getting instructions from the sideline. He's still getting like that. Who? What? And he's looking over like, I don't know what's happening. Um, and he gets too It's too slow. It's way too slow. He gets, he gets over late. And all of a sudden you've got uh, Carranza who's busting it through that back area and gets in behind the defender um, and a beautiful finish like that. That's not an e- like it, yeah. it's easy because it's it's just a one on one. But like he had to get that by a keeper and Sean Johnson, who's been one of the best keepers in the league. Um, and Sean wasn't sleeping. So it, it was a good goal. Um, and then after that, it really did feel like the union just had the grips on the game. Like they were just going to control the whole thing. I actually thought it was going to end up worse than it was. I thought they were just going to absolutely start blowing them out. But um, I think, you know, two quick goals was all it was going to take. Uh, and they got it. And, you know, I, it's credit to the union. Um, one thing I think that was really interesting and the thing to watch was just how how much labor um, that Bedoya put in. I mean, you could just tell every minute he moved, it was discomfort, like a complete just shock to that side, that hip, that knee area. Like you could just tell that that side of the body's just cooked. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens for uh, the MLS Cup final game because they really do need him. Um, but that being said, they played their best football when he came off. So I don't know. It, it was a, it was kind of an interesting take. And like you said, Jordan, I liked it. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree. When Corey Burke, Burke, uh, Corey Burke came on, game changed completely on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so energized. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen Corey Burke run around that much. So <laughs> it was kind of fun to watch. But again, like you said, this team, it just they just have that magical touch right now. And it's a team that's hot. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I forget what I was going to I was about to say something that I totally forget now. But uh, <laughs> oh, the, the save by Blake when it was 1 0. And uh, he makes this great save to prevent it from being 2-0 or else it's, it might be a little tougher to come back from. But then the Union can say, well, we won 3-1, so maybe not. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, momentum shifts and all that. All right, I guess let's go ahead and preview this MLS Cup final that is on Saturday, November 5th at 4 p.m. It's time for the Match of the Week preview. All right, what match are we picking for match of the week preview? I'm going to go with Houston and DC. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Um, really, we've got <laughs> only one match: LAFC versus the Philadelphia Union. And I got a fun stat about this, Logan. I'm not sure if you have their head-to-head up. I don't. Okay, how many wins do you think LAFC has in this against the Union? Yeah, four games. There's four games. I'm going to say none. Mm, you're close. One. One. Yeah. I was Union either... have no wins. But you know what's um, funny? They have three draws. It's really weird. And that first win for LAFC and the first loss for the Union was the first time they even played each other. 
four to one LAFC in 2018. Since then, three straight draws: one to one, three to three, two to two. Uh, the last draw coming May 5th, uh, sorry, May 7th of this year, two to two. There was a very famous, infamous draw, three three, on March 8th. 2020 anybody know what march 8th 2020 was it was the last, was the last day the MLS played yeah before the world shut down for covid and it was a late night mls mls after dark union had the lead i think three times uh let me double check that uh yeah three times and gave it up three times <laughs> 29th minute 38th minute 48th minute 49th minute 69th minute 71st minute and that's the one that has the Jacob Glesnes rocket yeah. um, free kick. So these two teams have been playing some really great games against each other. Um, let's see. Only one game was at Subaru Park, and that was in 2019. Uh, so the Union are experienced with going to Bank of California stadiums uh, this year. And uh, they had a... Uh, they, they had a lead in this game too this year. They had Daniel Gosdag in the ninth minute, Opoku in the 56th, Carranza in the 67th, Escobar in the 82nd. The Union can go there and win. LAFC can host and, and win this game. It's not going to feel exactly like a hosting, I don't think, because MLS is going to have some tickets probably for people that are not LA fans or union fans. It's probably going to be a little bit of that. Um, but I think uh, it's going to be a, a pretty tough game for the union, but I've stuck with them all year. I'm going to stick with them again and I'm going to give my prediction of the Philadelphia union winning this game two to one against LAFC and lifting MLS Cup, and me having to buy some MLS Cup merchandise to match my Eastern Conference champs merchandise. What do you got, Logan? What's your thoughts here? I mean, man, look at this. Like, look at this team sheet for each of these teams. I mean, it's it's wild to me. For every Ali Bedoya, they've got Ilya Sanchez. For uh, Andre Blake, they've got Crepeau. For Carlos Vela. Um, well, you don't have Carlos Vela. Um, <laughs> so like, or Chicho wrong. Like, I, I mean, I, you've got guys though. Like you just got guys that win. Um, Ura is not somebody that people are going to be like, oh my gosh. Thing. But he seems like one of those guys and same with God's dog that are those silent killers. Like the mm-hmm. lethal ones, the ones that are going to show up and just play the game where Arango and Vela, they have the pressure of the world. LAFC, the pressure of the world is on you. I've been with the union since day one, maybe more than Jordan has. Oh, well. boy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say even more than Jordan has um, completely. Um, but no, I, I think this is a perfect match for the union. I think in um, saying that, I think I, I do. Uh, I don't know. I just think their defense with a focus on just shutting down Arango and Vela. I think the union have a better shot at doing exactly that than trying to figure out where the union are going to come from. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like the union can come from all sorts of different directions. I think they've got guys that can score like a Corey Burke, uh, Julian Carranza could score, Ura could score, Bedoya could score with, with LAFC. I think you got two guys and that's your, and I, and I think in that, 
Like, yes, it's at home in LAFC. That place is going to be bouncing. But give me Jim Curtin's side over a Steve Chirondolo whose first game, uh, big game, um, is going to be against a Jim Curtin who I think has way more experience. If you think about it, right, you look at LAFC going through an LA Galaxy that wasn't necessarily a strong team. They were just hot. And then you run up against an Austin team who had no experience and absolutely smashed them in. Now you're going to run up against Jim Curtin. Jim Curtin's totally different than three John. U.S. Open Cup finals, Champions yeah. League uh, games this last year, 2021. Right. Um, he's been to finals before. Yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah, they play they play big games on the road. They play in other countries. LAFC. This team is relatively new. I think they're still trying to figure out some of these pieces. I mean. They played well over the season, but that just doesn't ever bode well. I think the odds are against them in every aspect. Um, and I know it sounds crazy because we're going to go, oh, wait, no, they've got the star power. Yeah, well, Philadelphia doesn't really rely on star power, um, and they seem to be doing all right. So The star's the coach. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, it, well, actually, their MVP is Andre Blake, who was uh, third in the MVP race, um, and none mm-hmm. of the LAFC guys were mentioned on that list. Honestly, Jordan, I'm shutting down Chicho Arango. And if Carlos Vela beats me, then Carlos Vela beats me because I don't think he's capable of doing so anymore. So that's my game plan. If I'm Jim Curtin, I double up Chicho and say, hey, good luck. Um, if you can get a ball past Andre Blake, there's not many that can. So, um, and especially past that defense. The defense is historic. Defense wins you championships, Jordan. I know you like to harp on that. Philly, I'm going to yeah. go with Philly. I'm going to say they shut LAFC out. I'm going to say they stunned them. I'm going to go 2 0. I'm going to go Philly over LAFC and a shocker. Nice. Um, yeah. When, when you have, I'm looking at, you know, the, the tables, right. In any other part of the world, and I'm not using this as an excuse or anything, but I just want to point this out. They would have won the supporter shield because of mm-hmm. goal differential. Now the union, no goal differential is not, the case so i'm not saying they deserve to host this thing they could have picked up another point somewhere in this this run i think there's a charlotte game in charlotte they lost pretty bad that they could have probably won and then they're hosting and i'm there right but yes this is when you look at their defense they've given up only 26 goals compared to lafc's 38 and they've scored 72 to lafc's 66 the union are going in as underdogs, obviously, because it's a away game when you look at like Vegas betting lines and stuff. But I feel pretty okay about this matchup, seeing their history of it usually being draws. <laughs> um, I think if they can... So what it shows is that they can score against LAFC. What they need to do is just have the better defense against LAFC, and then they got this thing locked in. And I think they can do that, and I hope they do do that. I know I'm probably, for people that are neutral, it's probably like, oh, my God, he's going on about them again. But, you know, I I just think that this is a team that's unbelievable at times and has been tested so many times under Curtin. Like I said, going to those um, Open Cup finals, which, you know, are not – the biggest thing in MLS, but it started showing that they're ready to turn the page and compete. They get to those finals two in a row and then one in 2018. 
Guess what happens after 2018? 2019, they flip over the page and they start being really darn consistent in the league. 2020, they win the Supporter Shield. And at that point, I couldn't believe my eyes. And then 2021, they get to the Eastern Conference Final and lose. They get there again this year and win. And we're inches away, just one point away from winning the Supporter Shield again. Which after 2020, I was like, okay, that was a very weird season. We may not win the Supporter Shield again. LAFC starts bringing in Gareth Bale. They start bringing in Chiellini. They start bringing in all these players. And you're like, there's no way the Union are going to be able to do that. They go on that run where they're scoring six goals against DC, seven goals against DC, whatever it is, and start putting goals in. They start catapulting themselves. And then they just peaked a little too early. But now... I feel like they're peaking again at the right time. And I think that they will be able to win this game when the, when it was on the line, Logan, when they were losing one, nothing against NYCFC, this team had every right to fold. And that's what I half expected them to do. I, I thought in my head, we can only get so far. We get to these points and we always lose. What is it? Can we get over the hump? Well, we got over the hump and now the way to just, Go over the next hump is to win the game, right? Because if you don't win this game, then you're going to have to worry about reaching the final again and really proving yourself next year. And some of these players are going to leave. Kai Wagner is going to leave, right? Some of these players are going to leave. Now I have faith in um, in uh, in Ernst Tanner to uh, to find people to make this team work, but. Uh, when you get to a final, you just want to win it because you don't know the next time you can get to one. Ask Buffalo in the 90s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it's it's tough. It's really tough. But I feel uh, I feel pretty confident right now. Saturday, I'll be a mess. But Rich is supposed to come down. We're supposed to go to Miller's and watch the game and see if we can get it turned on there. Backup option is my house. If they, if they won't turn it on, I'm going to get there early and see if yeah. we can get it on. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm just so proud of this team, no matter what happens. I told my wife when we were losing one nil, I said, just win this game. I don't care if you lose the final, just win this game because all the revenge talk and everything, you you know, couldn't avoid it at that point. Yeah. And this, the thing is, this Philly team's a lot better than the galaxy <laughs> and LFC struggled with galaxy. Um, this team's a lot more experienced than Austin. Austin was waiting for a minute to fold and they did. This is not your. This is not a team that's going to fold. This is not a team afraid of your uh, fans. This is not a team that's going to crumble under pressure. It's just not what the Union are. So, man, what a matchup, though, right? I mean, this is probably. I mean, it is. It's the best matchup guaranteed. We've ever had. Logan, a new MLS Cup winner right. when we record our next episode. That's cool, and the best MLS match we probably like on paper stacked up against one another over a season. This is the best matchup that MLS has ever had. So man, it's my I, dream final. Yeah. Yeah. It's your dream. Like get away with the conferences. We need Philly and LAFC every year, like every year. Every year. How do we avoid, uh, you know, not having <laughs> them again? Wait, there are different conferences. What? Um, yeah. So. Well, you know, this was a lot of fun talking about this team and the season's been a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but the next time we meet the season will be over. We'll be talking MLS cup. We'll be getting ready for the U S roster to drop the expansion draft for St. Louis and then world cup. Mm-hmm. 
that will be hitting up the World Cup stuff soon as well. Um, man, it's going it's going so fast. Um, I can't believe we're in the month yeah. of the World Cup. Mind blowing. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it, does it? No, especially because it's usually in the summer. But regardless, <laughs> it yeah. still feels weird that like we've been talking about this World Cup. And like, man, it, for eight it's in years. November. We've been talking about for eight yeah. years because we missed right. the last one. We're like, oh, right. 2022 is the next one. Right. And it is taking its time to get here. But now that it's here, it's like, wow, we're here. Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier. Hani Mukhtar won MVP. Um, Andre Blake won goalkeeper of the year. I don't know if we talked about that last time. Jim Curtin won coach of the year. I think we talked about that last time. Uh, Leeds just beat Liverpool. In a huge game for Jesse Marsh to keep his job. So it's all looking up right now. <laughs> Comeback player of the year was Gonzalo Higuain for whatever reason. He had the same amount of goals as last year. Just yeah. more game time. Less right. game time or more game time? I don't know. Almada won newcomer of the year. And uh, Joseph announced he's leaving Atlanta. So a lot, a lot to talk about next time we meet up. Uh, free agents next year. Sean Johnson is one of those. Can somebody lure him away from NYCFC? Maybe. Depends on how much they want to hand him cash. Yeah, looking forward to it. If you want to follow us at Stateside Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, our email is statesideshow at gmail.com. And guess what? Even our YouTube handle is now at Stateside Show because they rolled that out for us. So that's cool. You can just type in youtube.com slash at stateside show and it'll take you right to our page. Oh, I hope everyone has a great rest of their week. We will catch you next time. Enjoy MLS Cup. This is one of the best MLS Cup finals in 20 years. Two number ones going up against each other. Union. Let's ride. You know what it means, Logan? The curtain is open. Yeah. Buy the merch now. Let's ride. Throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show, presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.